The very cool thing is that as soon as your competitors take notice of just how different you've become and how you've set the new norm, you'll already be holding market share and your business will have a momentum that is unstoppable. That is where I am right now. Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. It's insane just how busy we are and how much busier we continue to get. We don't have downtime or peaks and valleys in the business, just a constant huge stream. Initially, like everyone else, I thought there was no way I could surpass that agent. Yet, I knew if I could do things differently and show people I am a cut above other agents by my work ethic and knowledge, eventually the community would take notice. I was clear that I had to be innovative to make them take notice. I figured that if I did that consistently for long enough, it would happen. And it happened. And guess what? It's still happening. That previous powerhouse agent who used to be the top gun in our area and now isn't, isn't a very common story. But it should be, and it can be in your area too. My point is that most agents across the nations are not innovative. They do things the way they did them years and years ago. Don't misunderstand me. Some agents have chosen a traditional real estate business model that includes making cold calls, going after expires, and for sale by owner. It's not that it's bad. If it gets you where you want to be, go for it. But personally, I haven't done any of that in 10 years. I've never called an expire or a for sale by owner, ever. In the past 10 years, I've done exactly one open house only because the seller begged me to, but I regretted doing it. I obtained zero results from it. Even if you see a powerhouse in your area who seems unbeatable, guess what? They are not. If you make a stand and commit to being different, to be innovative, to stand out, and running your business like a business, you will be unstoppable. My goal is to make sure that you understand how to be innovative and stay at the top of your marketplace. It's like cell phones. When they first came out 40 years ago, they weighed about two and a half pounds, died after 20 minutes of use, and cost about $3,000. 20 years later, cell phones can be used as pagers, fact machines, and PDAs, personal digital assistants, to store phone numbers and keep track of your calendar. Today, you can use a cell phone to pay for a Starbucks, navigate your way across town, and find out the latest baseball scores, and book a trip across the world. In 2013, the UN reported there were more people on Earth with mobile phones, 6 billion for world population of 7 billion, than there are with access to clean toilets, only 4.5 billion. If the cell phone industry can change that much, don't you think the real estate business should evolve as well? Look at what's happening to travel agents. They are practically extinct now because technology has taken over. If we in real estate don't change the way we're doing things, the average real estate agent will be wiped out by innovation and technology. Those of us who choose to be different, innovative, and beyond wonderful will not only survive, but thrive. You can't afford to be just good. You have to be excellent, superb, and above great. 
We need to outshine everyone with their creativity, innovation, drive, and customer service-driven work ethic. Steve Jobs said, Innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. The definition of innovation from businessdictionary.com is, The process of translating an idea or invention into a good or service that creates value or for which consumers will pay. To be called an innovation, an idea must be replicable at any economical cost and must satisfy a specific need. Basically, folks, innovation is to find out some new idea, device, or method. It's the application of better solutions that meet new requirements and articulated needs or existing market needs. A big part of being innovative is adopting technologies that can make your business more efficient. It's about understanding how people today are finding homes and using that information and technology to design where and how you market yourself and your clients' properties. It's about using every new app available to you, implementing them in your business and updating them on a regular basis. For example, you can find reports and statistics about how buyers shop for their homes, how they do their searches, what devices they use for their searches, what buyers find valuable when searching for a home and what tools they have found valuable on the website. I can go on and on for hours about what buyers and sellers want. Below are a few new stats from the National Association of Realtors Home Buyer and Sellers 2016 Generational Trends Report regarding the sources buyers used in looking for a new home. Real estate agents, 89%. Website, 89%. Websites using a mobile text tablet, 57%. And online video sites, 29%. And guess how many buyers found their new home by a yard sign or open house? Only 9%. So if you're still relying on those to market your listings, you're out of luck. I use these statistics to show my clients why I market the way I do and why I'm targeting. If I'm on a listing appointment, I'll show the data about how many buyers use their mobile device for their home search. Then I show them how I use the mobile phone to forward property-specific websites, show city demographics, school scores, and more to prospective buyers. I show them what a potential buyer sees with our mobile app, how I am notified and given the buyer's direct cell phone number so I can make contact. You can reverse this to show buyers how to use apps, websites, and technology on their behalf as well. That said, innovation isn't just about technology. Sometimes you can come up with an idea that is better than the technology available to you. For example, I ran into a certain software at the National Association of Realtors Conference. It's a software that you upload on an iPad. Potential buyers enter the house and pick up the iPad. They click on the iPad as they walk into each room and it tells them about the features. It's a good app, but time consuming and not very user friendly. I tried it for a while, but then quit using it. But it gave me an idea. I found someone to make very specific videos and hone in on the home and its upgrades. I have that video in the home, but also use it on the home's website and on social media so many more people are exposed to it. I use a professional videographer, so the quality is excellent. You can also find videographers on Craigslist, Droners.com, TourFactory.com, or even use college students who are training in photography and videography. The video tour takes me half the time to produce and gets blasted out for the whole internet world to see. I don't just use pictures and string them together. I am very specific about my videos, and I make sure they are unique and more interesting than others. Now I run into people on a daily basis who tell me how much they love my videos. As agents, I think we take for granted and don't really truly appreciate how much people love real estate. They love to hear about it, talk about it, and give and get opinions about it. Use that to your advantage. Which brings me to another point about innovation. 
Not every technology you use or idea you have will be successful. There isn't a thing I haven't tried. I've tried it all and I've failed plenty of times before I succeeded. I often figured out what could work by doing something that didn't work. If you aren't failing with some of your ideas, you probably aren't stretching far enough out of the box. I started a homeowner support program after the real estate market tanked. I thought I could help people in distress and that it would help me financially make it through the real estate turndown. I put a lot of time, money, and effort into creating the program, but it didn't pan out in the way I had hoped. However, I did help some people. I didn't get a lot of business from that strategy, but I had the satisfaction of helping people work through their real estate challenges. Through the program, I was able to help people save their homes and find alternatives to short sales or foreclosure. But once I took into account all of my costs, personnel, and time, I really didn't make any money on it. Since the program didn't pay off as I wanted, I made a video. I didn't get contacted by many people who are having these real estate difficulties nowadays, but that video is still online and will be seen forever. That one strategy didn't work out as I had planned, but others did. Do not give up. Keep trying and manipulating what you are doing. Many years ago when I was still doing open houses, I wanted to be different. I thought, okay, I'm going to do an open house on a Friday night. I'll serve wine and cheese and try to attract the people coming home from work. Four people showed up. Two of them were my mom and dad, and the others were neighbors. I was stuck with several bottles of wine and lots of leftover cheese. I was trying to be different, but the idea wasn't the right way to be different. However, it did make me think about how to be different and effective. Today, when I list a house, I create a beautiful four-page color brochure, and I have someone deliver 100 brochures to the neighbors. The brochure says, please help me pick your neighbor. Deliver this to any friends or family who may be thinking about buying a home. I have the text feature printed on the flyer that brings them to the property website, which has all the detailed information about the house. That's not only different, and it's much more effective. This shows my seller that I am marketing to their neighbors in non-traditional ways, and it also shows the neighbors that I go above and beyond for my properties. They get to see my beautiful brochure, professional photography, and how I pay close attention to detail with my property descriptions. They are also exposed to the technology component of the flyer that draws them to the property-specific website. Would you like to have two days of live coaching directly from me where we're actually going to go over one strategy that in 2020 brought in 48 seller transactions? Well, you want to go to kristamayshore.com slash two days live. That's kristamayshore.com slash two days live. Our next live is actually February 22nd and 23rd. It's only $97 and you get coached directly from me all day long for two days straight. So if you're wanting more sellers and you're wanting to learn to utilize video and social media in your business, then show up to our next two days live. Go to kristamayshore.com slash two days live and I will see you there. And the text feature. Right now, I am the only agent I know who is doing this. It's okay to fail. It's okay to try something that's not going to work. I've been doing this for 16 years and I failed five times to succeed once. But if you're focused on innovation, that one success will totally outweigh all the failures. Develop your niche. Have you heard the phrase, niches make riches? It's true. Just about anyone can sell real estate. If you put yourself out there as a generalist, you've got a ton of competition and you'll have to spread your marketing efforts and budget really thin to capture all categories of homes and clients. You might think that by creating a niche, you will be losing too many opportunities. You won't. By doing a good job in your niche, you will end up capturing business that is outside of it. 
On the other hand, if you try to relate to everybody, you won't capture anybody. My editor always reminds me that if I try to write a book for everybody, it won't be very useful. The raw beginners won't understand it. It will be too simple for very experienced readers, and the real estate hobbyists will think it's too much effort. By honoring my message down to a specific type of reader, someone who wants to get the most out of their real estate business, I can give really clear information. Creating a niche is also going to save you thousands of dollars in marketing. You're not throwing away marketing dollars trying to attract everyone. Instead, you focus your efforts and money on attracting the client that you want to work with. If your focus is millennials, you won't waste money on an ad in AARP, posters in the senior housing community, or the men's club, right? No, you focus on text messaging, social media, and apps like Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Snapchat. And if you're focused on selling homes of older retirees, you won't rely solely on text blasts or mobile phone compatible landing pages or social media sites. You'll snail mail and email, even hand deliver flyers to senior communities or advertise in their monthly newsletter. When you narrow in on who your client avatar is, you know exactly who to market to, how to market to them. Whether it's on blogging, social media, any of your landing pages, your lead pages, whatever you're doing, you know who you're focusing on. Have you ever watched an ad on TV and had absolutely no idea what the ad was about? That's because you are not the ad's target market and the advertising doesn't care if you get it. They've designed that ad to hit a home run with a specific market who does understand it. Remember, you don't have to make an impact on the entire world. You just have to reach a few. Let's put this into perspective. If you reached 10 clients last year and your goal is 30 this year, that's only 20 more people or families that you need to reach. It's not a million. If your goal is to do 50 units more, that's 50 clients you need to attract. Who do you want those 50 clients to be? When I built my client avatar for my community market leader program and this book, I went after a very specific type of person. I went after people who are driven, competitive, and who love to learn. I targeted agents who want to be at the top of their game. Does it sound like you? That's why you were attracted to this book. If you're having trouble finding your avatar, go back to your past clients. The good ones, not the ones you wish you'd never met. And ask them, why did you choose me? What qualities did you like about me? Ask them what they would have liked to have you improve in your work and relationship with them. Let them know that you're open to constructive criticism. Don't be afraid to do this. You'll learn something new about yourself and your ideal client. You may also find a way to keep from losing money or how to make more money later. If you hear a complaint from one person who has the courage to speak out, you probably have other clients who are unhappy as well. The White House Office of Consumer Affairs claims that for every customer who bothers to complain, 26 other customers remain silent. Wow, that's a crazy statistic. While you're reading this, think about your good clients and what attributes they share in common. Maybe they are all smart or really diligent in doing whatever they needed to do. Maybe they are active in the community or have tight-knit families. I tend to attract great clients. Last year, out of 144, only two were horrible. I've learned how to spot red flags during a listing presentation of clients I don't want to work with. For example, I've learned that if somebody is trying to beat me up over my commission, or if they've been fired multiple times, most likely they're going to be difficult and not the right client for me. It means they don't appreciate value and they probably will be difficult to work with. I don't want to work with that type of person. What are your past clients' interests? What are their desires? What do they want? If you aren't super sure, ask them. 
What are they looking for in life? What makes them tick? Develop your client avatar with this information in mind. In the branding section, we talked about starting with who you are first and who you want your target market to be. Are you interested in first-time home buyers or sellers? Military families or vets? Would you fit best with professionals, older couples, or millennials? By the way, the statistics on the number of millennials entering the market is staggering. If you aren't familiar with how millennials approach buying and selling and what platforms they use, you are doing yourself and your clients a disservice. Agents should be flexible enough to work with just about anyone, but who would you love to work with? What group of people would you like to cultivate as clients? If you work with people who are at odds with you, their transaction is going to be much more difficult. Personally, I don't want to fight my clients in a tug of war over dominance. I want my clients to trust me and know that I have their best interests at heart. Learn to say no to clients that aren't a fit so that you can focus on the clients you want. In the resource section at the end of this book, you'll find an example client avatar worksheet. Use that worksheet to create the perfect client avatar for yourself. Next, figure out what type of real estate you want to work with. Low-end homes or high-end homes, older neighborhoods or new developments. Do you want to specialize in a certain neighborhood or zip code? Fixer uppers, investment properties, condos, properties by the water or beach, ranch properties. Personally, I decided to focus on higher end homes. Why? Because I'm educated with a master's degree. I value learning and respect others who have pursued education. I also relate to people who are experts in their field and have done well in what they do. I feel that this is the type of client who would appreciate those aspects of me. And going after this type of client has helped my average sales price be 2.6% higher than the average sales price in one of the main cities in which I focus. I also decided to focus just on sellers. At a certain point, I decided that buyers are just too much work. I was out showing property constantly. I was writing offers and presenting them on weekends and evenings. I had to do everything based upon my clients' availability. I had enough of that, so I shifted my focus. My niche became selling high-end homes in the Brentwood and Oakley areas of Northern California. The homes I focus on range from 550,000 to 750,000. Does it sound too narrow? Keep in mind that I'm able to do 12 to 18 transactions every month in this niche, and that number is increasing, not decreasing. People who can afford to own high-end homes often have a combination of professionalism and education. I started marketing to those people. I didn't just target them. I marketed in a language they speak and distributed throughout the avenues they are most comfortable using. I created events and shared information they would find interesting and valuable. I literally changed the way I dress to attract that type of client. Changing how you dress may sound extreme, but think about it. If you were an attorney, would you have a better first impression of someone wearing a sharp suit or someone wearing cargo pants and a sweater? If you were a rancher, would you feel more comfortable with somebody who showed up in jeans or someone dressed in Gucci couture? It's back to the brand. When you decide the kind of business you want, everything should reflect that niche. In the very beginning, I used to dress more provocatively. I was single and young. I didn't even realize the impression I was making. Then I started to realize that people weren't taking me seriously as a business person. By my appearance, no one would assume that I could handle big ticket transactions. I knew I needed to change. But how? It's funny that my parents had complained about my attire for years, and I didn't listen. Once I saw that how I dressed was negatively impacting my business, I immediately made different fashion choices. My parents got a real kick out of reading this. This is where emulating someone who is successful comes in. I went online and researched agents throughout the country who are working with high-end homes. 
who had lots of education. I studied how they presented themselves in every aspect of their lives, not just their dress, but how they marketed, what their team was like, what they were doing differently. I took the best of what I found and figured out how to improve on it. I watched TV shows like Scandal, I love Olivia Pope style, with high-end power attorneys and businesswomen. And there you have it, Krista's new style was born. You may not know your niche, let me give you some examples to inspire your thinking. I heard of an agent in the La Jolla area. She specialized in clients from Mexico who wanted to purchase vacation homes in the U.S. She lived in Mexico for a while herself. She spoke Spanish and knew the culture. She also had personal connections with several wealthy people from that country. She built her business completely by referral, initially using her connections. She gave personalized service, picking clients up from the airport, booking their hotel rooms, showing them around the city, etc translated extra documents, and was experienced in foreign exchange rate. Her business grew with hardly any marketing efforts on her part. Another example, in my area, most of the community is residential homes, but about 10% of the real estate is farms and land. One agent I know targets people who owns farms and lives on acres or rural agricultural land. Even though that's a small percentage of the population, she is one of the top five agents in the area because she's focusing, specializing, and meeting the direct needs of specific types of persons and property. She knows all about septic tanks, wells, and easements specific to agricultural property. She knows all the different rules for square footage in outbuildings, whether you can have animals or what type of animals you can have. If you're selling or buying that kind of property, You'd absolutely go to her because regular agents simply don't have the knowledge and experience she's acquired over the years. She makes sure people know that she's an expert in this niche. Hey, I hope you like what you're hearing. So right now you're actually listening to my book. We're giving you parts of our book each and every episode. So stay tuned for the next episode on Tuesday, Thursday, or Sunday, where we release more parts of our book, Sell 100 Homes or the Ultimate Digital Marketing Playbook. Thanks for being here. Appreciate your time and uh, stay tuned for more.